All right, we are going to start this recording with a bit of a confession. I just need to come clean and say that I'm really bad at this. Not only bad at uploading podcasts because you can't really upload things that you haven't recorded. So I admit and I confess that I'm terribly inconsistent and that I'm really poorly executing my attempts to uh, put a beneficial podcast out there into the public. So thank you for letting me get that off my chest. And uh, let's continue on with this episode. What I wanted to do with this installment, um, and again, kind of picking on myself, I know that this podcast, we've been through a launch and a relaunch and a re-relaunch, and I've tried to do episodes like that. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, it's just been one of those things that I really have struggled with follow through on this and that's okay. I've I've just come to that conclusion that I'm going to have to just say that that it's okay. Uh, And I am going to continue to try to be more consistent uh, because I do really genuinely believe that uh, this is something that is needed, not me putting my voice out there. That's not necessarily needed. Uh, but what is needed is a call for true sound doctrine, true church unity um, that that proceeds forth from Christians who have a, a humble faith, not a proud or arrogant faith or a faith that says, oh, you know, we're, we're the only ones that have it right, but a, but a humility, understanding that that none of us who are truly saved deserve to call ourselves Christians or to call ourselves the children of God, uh, the recipients of grace. That's not merited. It's not earned. Uh, So so that's what's needed, a return to sound doctrine uh, and, and true church unity. Now with church unity, let me just go ahead and say that one of the one of the next longer episodes that will get recorded has to do with church unity. There's there's a lot to really unpack with that one because so many people will say, I think I mentioned this on the last one, but so many people will say, we definitely want church unity. But then we try to have church unity without sound doctrine. And um, biblically speaking, any church unity that is genuine, that is real, um, comes from the fact that God's people are united in truth, in sound doctrine. So we can't just pretend that there's no differences there. Um, we also can't pretend like, oh, we see the differences, but we're going to proceed forward as if the differences don't matter because they do matter. Now, there's some differences that are based upon preference you know, whether or not we use wine or grape juice in communion or whether or not we wear a suit and tie to church or whether we can wear a t-shirt and jeans, stuff like that is really, you know, preference at the end of the day. But there are things that definitely matter and we can't pretend uh, that they don't matter. But more on that at a later installment. For this one, um, I just simply want to uh, refresh even myself, but everybody, the listeners, while we're here in the first place. So this one will be brief. Um, that's 
I'm even challenging myself with that one. I'm going to make this one brief and to the point because I want this to simply be a refresher, uh, especially for people that, that may be new. Um, again, we, uh, Kristen and I, have moved uh, to Glenville, which for me, that's moving back home. But for her, that's moving to a place she's never lived before. And we're still adjusting to the new home and, and praise God that he uh, provided us with a home and, and a church to minister at with Mindy's Baptist Church. And very thankful and very excited for all of the opportunities and the things um, ahead. But it has been an adjustment. And uh, the last time I recorded an episode, it was kind of like, oh, I'm here in my office and the kids are asleep. I hope I don't wake them up. And so today I just actually tested that. I was like, hey, go to y'all's room. Tell me if you can hear me. And they, were, they said, oh, we can hear that you're talking, but we've got no idea what you're saying, and we can probably sleep through it. And I said, that is all I need to know. If you can sleep through it, we're good to go. Um, so really excited to uh, feel like we are kind of falling into uh, a good rhythm um, and, and adjusting to life here in Glenville. And so that, with that being said, new listeners, maybe you've only listened to a couple episodes and listeners who have been very patient and very kind and still kept up with us from the days when it was actually me and Chesley and Ben uh, recording together. Uh, we thank you guys. And so just as a real quick refresher, and you can see it in our tagline, if you look at the picture, Reformation South, a pursuit of sound doctrine, church unity, uh, and a humble faith. And so real quick, it, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. God's people um, need sound doctrine. It is what it's what feeds us. It's what causes us to mature. It is what sanctifies us. Jesus prayed that in John 17. Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Uh, but sound doctrine is so necessary because if we get if we get doctrine wrong, then whether we realize it or not, we are supporting the idea. Uh, and we are preaching and teaching a false gospel or a false God, or at the very least, we are misrepresenting God, which I hope that is something that, that none of us want to be guilty of. Uh, whether you're a, in full-time ministry as a pastor or, or something like that, an evangelist, a missionary, or whether you're just a Christian who goes to church, who you, you know who is in the habit of not forsaking the assembling together, which is the habit of some, um, but I hope that every Christian would at least verbally say and confirm that, oh no, I never want to misrepresent God. Well, in a nutshell, that is what is at stake when we think about sound doctrine and false doctrine. False doctrine is anything that misrepresents God and his word and what he has clearly spoken. So we should be eager. We should be zealous. We should be, um, we should put work into it. We should work to know and understand and then in return share and teach sound doctrine we need sound doctrine especially um if you just if we all were to just take a step back let's say you listen you know to 10 or 15 of the most recent sermons of some of the most popular speakers around us in our area or whether it be popular speakers on youtube or, or whatever media platform that you use if you were to take those 10 or 15 sermons and compare them to scripture, you're probably going to find out that there's a lot that's out there that is popular that is definitely not sound doctrine. That's important. That is why we need sound doctrine. And that's why you'll hear me say a lot, we need to return to sound doctrine. 
Because I think a long time ago, uh, God's people turned away from sound doctrine. And now when people come across it, it's almost like, oh man, I'm learning something new. That's not new. It's been there the whole time. But the reason why we feel like it's new is because we've never learned it. Um, Now, I know that's kind of a blanket, broad statement, but for the sake of this installment, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. It is a broad statement. It is a blanket statement, but... um, you know, I would I would almost challenge you to really think about it, and if um, and if you had to be honest, we would probably all agree that there is a lot of stuff out there that is very unsound, that is very unorthodox, uh, and more severely put, a lot of what is out there is heretical. It ought not be accepted as Christian. So we need sound doctrine. How do we get sound doctrine? How do we find sound doctrine? We simply return to Scripture and Scripture alone. Uh, outside sources sometimes are good commentaries books that are written by trustworthy uh, faithful uh, Christians of course we can benefit from those things we can learn but when it comes to doctrine and theology when it comes to rightly understanding God it comes from feasting upon his word feeding upon the word meditating upon the word Um, and of course any right understanding that we had ultimately or any right understanding that we have ultimately comes from Uh, God graciously uh, using his own spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. Um, And so a verse that I repeat over and over again to myself, to my family, to the church, 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So there you go. How does a Christian become equipped for every good work? Study the word. Uh, seek God through his word. Seek to know him through the word. Um, I Listening to myself say that I, I know that I sound, to myself, I sound like a broken record. And for anybody who has listened in to previous episodes and um, you know heard me preach probably more than five times, you know I, 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 I promote that and push that a lot because it, it's so simple and straightforward, but it's so overlooked. So often we as Christians think, well, oh, I need to read a really good book or I need to study behind so-and-so. They're such a smart individual or such a wise individual. You know, I really want to grow as a Christian. What book should I read? I really want to grow as a Christian. What pastor should I listen to? And again, all those things are beneficial in their own way and in their own lane for what they're intended to be used for. And of course, we need faithful pastors and faithful preachers. Uh, but nothing is a substitute for going to the word and being taught by the word, being reproved by the word, being corrected by the word, uh, being instructed by the word, being equipped through the word. There's no substitution for that. So a pursuit of sound doctrine and church unity. Sound doctrine, I believe, is directly connected with church unity. You cannot have biblical church unity without sound doctrine. God's people aren't connected by this, by this rally cry of just, we want to make a difference and we, we want people to know that we serve Jesus. That's true and that's good. I think God's people should want to uh, motivate change and affect change within our culture and within our society. And I, obviously we want people to know that we serve Jesus Christ. Uh, but that's not ultimately what unites believers. What what makes us believers at all? Well, we, we believe. Well, what is it that we believe? That Jesus is Lord and that he is the very word of God and all things that he 
taught and all things that he commanded. That is what we are compelled to know and to obey ourselves and then to share that with a lost and dying world, which, you know, uh, go therefore to, to all the nations teaching, you know, baptizing and teaching all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Well, we believe that when Jesus speaks, it is truth. When when God's word speaks, it is truth. Jesus is Lord. All, all um, every knee will bow. Uh, whether whether in this age or in the the day of the Lord, the day of judgment, the age to come, every knee will bow and acknowledge that he is Lord. And that's what makes us believers. So if we believe to follow, if, if we believe and claim, excuse me, to follow Jesus, then we ought to take very seriously the things that Jesus said. Well, where do we find that? The word. Um, if we believe and claim to be followers of Jesus, we should have the same reverence and same love for the word that Jesus himself had and displayed while he was on this earth. Well, Jesus was very committed and very dedicated to the word and he was very obedient to the word. In fact, ultimately, uh, when we think about the gospel, the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law is, in a way, that's that's the gospel in a nutshell. He fulfilled the law. Um, he is the perfect fulfillment of that, and his righteousness, his obedience is credited to our account on our behalf. Um, and so we see the beauty of that and, and the direct connection with that to our very salvation. But, but back to unity, um, if you read the book of Acts, it says that, you know, the early church had all things in common. They continued in the teaching of the disciples or, um, yeah, the teaching of the disciples. And uh, it said they were all of one accord. And so you, you see plainly that the unity that they had wasn't just, it wasn't just fellowship, although that was a part of it. They wanted to fellowship together. They wanted to be together. They wanted to worship together, but they continued in the teaching of the apostles. Um, and what is it that the apostles taught? all things that they were taught and commanded through uh, by Christ. So that's important. There was a unity of doctrine. There was a unity of teaching. There was a unity of understanding. And in Ephesians chapter four, again, if you're familiar with this podcast or, um, you know, Caleb Folsom's long-winded, drawn-out preaching, you've heard me reference Ephesians four many, many times. But says, um, Paul says in Ephesians 4, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, which you have been, um, in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So one, 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 there's one body, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. How many times can one be divided? None, right? And so there has to be this unity. And Paul goes on to say that it's his aim that we would all be, that we would all be able to walk in the fullness and the maturity that we would be able to walk um, as, as men, as strong, grounded, rooted men or adults, 
um, I guess to be politically correct, <laughs> adults, men of the faith, so that we wouldn't be weak and be tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. Like he literally says, I don't want you to be distracted or confused by every wind of doctrine. I want you to be grounded and rooted in the faith, in the truth. And then, of course, all of that leads us to a humble faith. You know, this isn't, this this weird thing happens sometimes. Like when people, when God gives people firm convictions and he strengthens them in their dedication to sound doctrine and to the word, um, people may start to attack them in different ways. You know, um, oh, you're you're legalistic or you're a Pharisee, which is, I mean, at the end of the day, that's just ridiculous. To to tell somebody that actually cares about doctrine and cares about the word that they're legalistic and they're a Pharisee is just so far removed from a proper understanding of Scripture. And it's also so far removed from a proper understanding of what the issue of the Pharisees was. Uh, the issue of the Pharisees wasn't that they knew the law. It was that they knew the law, but their hearts were far from God. So it wasn't, just, oh, well, if... If you know the Bible and if you know what the scripture says, that makes you a fair, no. Are there people who know what the Bible says and they use it to browbeat people and they use it to attack people and they themselves aren't even really trying to follow the scriptures? Of course there is. Now that would be a Pharisee. But somebody who just cares about doctrine, the fact that people, oh, you're a Pharisee or you're legalistic. Like it's not, legalism is when you add to or take away and you think that following the rules or following the scripture makes you saved. Like, so again, those attacks are so far removed from a proper understanding of Scripture. And when people use those attacks, they're actually, they're actually proving the point. Like, that's why we need sound doctrine. That's why we need church unity, because there's so many people out there that they don't, they don't really understand what the issue of the Pharisees was. They don't really understand what the problem of legalism is. They don't understand, you know, what, what it is to truly be a Christian, because true believers, true Christians care about doctrine. So the fact that there's so many people out there that are quick to attack Christians who care about doctrine, you're actually proving the point. We need sound doctrine. We need real church unity. We need to know what the scripture has actually said. In various ways, um, just this, this, this strange attempt to downplay uh, doctrine and theology is out there. And so you see arrogance on that side of the fence. Like that, that's, that's not humility. That's, oh, you need to do it the way that, that we're doing it. And so that's an issue in and of itself. But then you do, you do also see that there are others that when they grow and they start to understand the scriptures better, um, there are those that get prideful, they get arrogant. Um, there's even some of you are probably familiar with it. There's a term called cage stage that, you know, some people, when they get to a certain point, it's almost like you need to lock them in a cage. You keep them away from people for a certain amount of time. And then later you can release them back out into the public. Um, so that does happen. But at the end of the day, regardless of, regardless of where you are right now, regardless of where you're going to be a year from now, 10 years from now, like every single one of us needs to understand we are not, worthy we're not worthy to call ourselves christians we're not worthy to have the bible at all like we're not worthy to open up and read the word of god we're not worthy of prayer we're not worthy to be able to communicate 
with God and, and come before his throne of grace freely and boldly. Um, we're not worthy of fellowship. We're not worthy to have brothers and sisters in Christ that can encourage us and exhort us and weep with us and laugh with us. We're not worthy of any of it. We're not worthy of any of the good things that, that God has given us. At the end of the day, as sinners, what we deserve from God is death. Therefore, everything that we have received in life that is not death is a blessing and is the grace and mercy of God. So sound doctrine, church unity that is rooted in and grounded in a humble faith. And I believe that the true genuine faith as God you know, cultivates that, uh, well, he gives us a heart of flesh and then he cultivates that, um, uh, that, that sanctification within us as we grow and, and we mature as believers, we're inevitably, we're going to be humbled. Um, we're going to be brought low because we understand that we're not worthy of, of any of it. And we are chosen by grace. We were chosen before the foundation of the world. He, he drew us to salvation. He caused us to be born again. Uh, John 6, 1 Peter 1, uh, it's only because of his grace and mercy. Ephesians 2, uh, he raised us up when we were dead, like all of it, every last bit of it. We're unworthy of, we're recipients of his grace. That ought to humble us. Um, and so in a nutshell, that's it. That's why we're here. If you're new, thank you for, for tuning in. I pray that you would stick with us and uh, be patient with me as I uh, try to upload these on a consistent basis and continue to put these things out there. But uh, to close us out, I will say that I really hope to hear from some of you guys. Um, you can, I mean, I'm the type, you just, you, you can text or call me anytime. It might take a day or two for me to get back with you, but I do try to get back with everybody. 912-339-4211. Text me, call me anytime. Let me know. Um, what you think. If you disagree, let me know that you disagree. We'll talk about it. We'll study the Bible together. If you would like to email me, um, properministries at gmail.com, properministries at gmail.com. You can email me. Um, but we want to be a blessing and a benefit and an encouragement uh, to the believers in our area. Um, we also, you know, by bringing up scripture, of course, we want to be challenged by the word. We hope that there is a challenge. We hope that there is conviction uh, wherever there is sin that needs to be repented of and turned away from. But but we know that God does what He wills with His Word as it goes out. And so we pray that God will continue to sanctify us and sanctify you guys as well. That He would continue to unify us in the faith. But like I said, in a nutshell, that's it. That's the heartbeat behind this whole thing: a pursuit of sound doctrine, um, church unity, and a humble faith. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in to this uh, shorter podcast. Um, this is bite size for me. I'm only at 23 minutes. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, cut it off here. Thank you guys. Continue to pray for us uh, and the ministry, proper ministries. Continue to pray for Mindy's Baptist Church. Uh, pray for our, our family as we continue to grow and mature in the faith. And we'll pray the same uh, for you guys. But we're here. Reach out anytime. We would love to talk with you, pray with you, uh, study alongside of you. And again, can't stress this enough, even if it's a disagreement, even if you think, Caleb, you're off your rocker, you know, you're, uh, you're way out in left field. I can't believe you, you think the way that you think, or I just really, really disagree with you. Please reach out. You know, if we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to be striving for unity. We ought to be seeking to, uh, handle our disagreements 
scripturally by approaching the word, seeking God together and, and uh, having faith that, that he will um, bring unity uh, of the true believers. Um, so thank you guys. I look forward to hearing from you uh, and we will catch you on the next installment of Reformation South.